Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's past time for Democrats to defy the Supreme Court. Congress should stand up for what's right, and legally bribed politicians isn't that. This is pretty straightforward. We've got a crisis in our democracy right now. I don't know if you caught Thomas Edsel's piece in New York Times. If you didn't, it's really worth reading. It's called How to Tell When Your Country Is Past the Point of No Return. And he's citing all these different scholars saying that basically Trumpism is on the verge of ending democracy in America. And then, of course, you got Barton Gelman's shocking piece in The Atlantic titled Trump's Next Coup Has Already Begun. My critique of these two pieces, and I highly recommend both of them. I think every American should be reading both of these pieces. And there are hot links to them both in my article today over at HartmanReport.com. Um, my critique of them is that neither one of them are missing the elephant in the room, uh, you know, uh, GOP pun intended, the, which, which is money in politics. The Supreme Court legalized bribing politicians. They did this in a small way in the 70s. They did it in a huge way in 2010 in Citizens United. This is a doctrine that not only did not exist before the Reagan administration or before the 1970s, didn't exist at all in American law, but was openly contradicted. We had laws going back to the Tillman Act in 1907 that made it a felony. You go to prison if a company gave money to a candidate for political office, for federal political office. So now we've got this situation where because the Supreme Court agreed, you know, decided in Citizens United that bribing politicians is just fine. We're not going to call it bribery anymore. We're going to call it freedom of speech and money is speech, and corporations can get in on the act too because they're persons, you know, that we've got all these crises. I mean, you know, most Americans want their drug prices to be reasonable like they are in Canada or Europe or even Mexico. Well, not so here. Why? Because the Supreme Court lets big pharma bribe politicians. It's very simple. And the same is true in every single one of these cases. These situations are persisting because, because our politicians are taking bribes to keep them that way. $2 trillion in student loan debts. 
Well, uh, the, we want to strengthen Social Security, and instead the Republicans are trying to tear it apart. Bankster bailouts, health insurance ripoffs, billions in subsidies to the fossil fuel industry, billionaires paying only 1% to 3% in income taxes, and corporations paying nothing while the rest of us get soaked. 60,000 factories moving over, offshore, and along with them, tens of millions of good-paying jobs. Employers like Amazon and Kellogg's engaging in blatant union busting. Internet companies tracking your every move and every keystroke and then selling that information without your permission. Climate change. All of these things are crises that are not being dealt with right now by our government because politicians are being bribed. Every single one of these uh, problems you can track back to Citizens United. I mean, Americans watch with their jaws on the floor as Senator Sinema takes a million bucks from, or big bucks anyway, from pharma and then refuses to vote to s control our drug prices. There was a time in this country when this was called bribery or political corruption. And after the 1970s, when Spiro Agnew had to resign from the vice presidency for taking bribes and Richard Nixon had to resign from the presidency in part because he was taking bribes from Jimmy Hoffa and from the milk lobby, Congress put into laws to stop this during the Jerry Ford administration in the 70s. But that was then and this is now because five conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court gutted those laws in their 2010 Citizens United decision over the loud objection of their four colleagues. So what do we need to do? Congress, Democrats in Congress need to take this on head on. This declaration that, that uh, corporations are people and money is free speech. And the way to do that is with something called court stripping. Now, follow me along here. Republicans know exactly what I'm talking about. In 2005, in the Marriage Protection Act, which passed the House of Representatives in July tw uh, tw 22, 2004, that law designed to override Supreme Court protections of LGBTQ people contained the following paragraph, quote, this is from a law passed by Republicans out of the House of Representatives, quote, no court created by an act of Congress shall have any, and of course the Supreme Court was created by an act of Congress, no court created by an act of Congress shall have any jurisdiction and the Supreme Court shall have no appellate jurisdiction to hear or decide any question pertaining to the interpretation of or the validity under the Constitution of Section 1738C or this section. In other words, this law is constitutional because we, the Congress, say it is. And you, Supreme Court, you can't do anything about it. How did they do this? How did the Republicans do this? They did it because there's literally nothing in the Constitution that says the Supreme Court gets to decide what's constitutional and what's not, or gets to strike down laws because they say they're unconstitutional. Now, the Supreme Court took that power onto themselves in 1803, and as I've shared with you many times in the past, I won't reread it, you know, Thomas Jefferson went nuts about this. He was president at the time, and he said this is going to turn the judiciary into the most despotic form of government. They can take the Constitution and twist it and shape it in any form they please as if it were a mere thing of wax. But in the first 70 years of America being America, there were only two times the Supreme Court tried to rule and say, we're striking down a law or validating a law because we think that it is unconstitutional or constitutional. 
Only twice in the first 70 years of America did the Supreme Court do this. And both times, the then president of the United States ignored them, and the then Congress of the United States ignored them. The first was in the 1830s when, when uh, the Supreme Court said that the Second National Bank of America was perfectly legal. And Andrew Johnson said, screw you, I'm going to shut it down anyway. He went on to say, the Congress, the executive, the court must each for itself be guided by their own opinion of the Constitution. In other words, I don't care what the, what the Supreme Court says. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then the second time the Supreme Court tried this and got ignored was in 1856 with their Dred Scott v. Sanford decision saying slavery is real and it's the whole country. And Abraham Lincoln came into the White House four years later and said, no, I'm, I'm going to ignore the Supreme Court. And citing this history, in the 1950s, the Republicans started introducing literally hundreds of court-stripping provisions saying, you know, that we, the Congress, get to ignore the Supreme Court into various pieces of legislation. One actually passed the Marriage Protection Act. And, uh, you know, Tom DeLay, by the way, was the master of this, the Republican House of, of Representatives back then. Um, and this is all based on Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution that says the Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction both at the law and fact with such exceptions and under such regulations as the Congress can make. So we got, for example, in 2005, the Detainee Treatment Act of 2005. This was the Bush administration's legislation. It passed, it is law, and it says, and I quote, no court, justice, or judge shall have jurisdiction to hear or consider an application for writ of habeas corpus filed by or on behalf of an alien detained by the Department of Defense at Guantanamo Bay. In other words, they stripped that power from the court. There's even a court stripping provision in the Patriot Act of 2001, which is why back in 1980, Ronald Reagan hired a young lawyer by the name of John Roberts and said, figure out how we can overturn Roe v. Wade with legislation. And he came up with a whole series of solutions and they all involved court stripping. Now, the odds are it'll never work. But here's the deal. In 1937, when the court was threatening to strike down Social Security, Franklin Roosevelt took them on. He said, okay, I'm going to regulate the court. And what did the court do? They changed their mind all of a sudden. So in essence, what I'm saying is if the Democrats can find the courage to do what the Republicans have done over a hundred times since Reagan became president and put into law at least twice, if the Democrats can find the courage to do that same thing, yes, it may not work. It may not become law. The Supreme Court might ignore it, but it will start a public conversation that the Supreme Court will have to pay attention to. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We need to stop political bribery in this country. It was legalized by the Supreme Court in 2010, and Congress needs to reverse it. Tom Hartman here with you. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court rejected a request for a religious exemption from New York's vaccine mandate. This was a, a group who went to the Supreme Court and said, uh, we don't want to take the vaccine because uh, our religion says you can't take vaccines or whatever and or some variation thereof. And you would think that that would be kind of the end of it. No, no, you know, don't give me this nonsense and the government has a right to blah, blah, blah. But, but instead, 
Three of the justices on the court, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, and Neil Gorsuch, said, wait a minute, we should give them this exemption. We need to really protect religion here in this country and all that kind of stuff. And in fact, uh, Gorsuch said that, the, uh, that those requesting the emergency exemption will suffer irreparable injury. This is what he said. He said, the free exercise clause protects not only the right to hold unpopular religious beliefs inwardly and secretly, it protects the right to live out those beliefs publicly in the performance of or abstention from physical acts. Under this court's precedence, laws targeting acts for disfavor only when they are religious in nature or because of their religious character are doubtless unconstitutional. So what this says to me is that Neil Gorsuch and probably uh, Alito and Thomas are fixing to establish a theocracy in the United States, or at least would not be uncomfortable with one. But I wanted to check in with somebody who is, uh, you know, really on top of these issues and, and what this, uh, you know, where this might logically go. Michelangelo Signorelli follows my show on SiriusXM. His show is at, right after mine. Uh, those of you who listen to me on SiriusXM Progress uh, know him well. Channel 127 on, on SiriusXM, 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Michelangelo, welcome back. Uh, what What is... What are the long-term consequences of, of this and some of these other Supreme Court decisions? I, I guess in particular what they're doing with the abortion laws and how this might impact other rights across the United States, particularly rights for minorities who arguably nobody is claiming a religious exemption so that they can discriminate against, for example, black people or Hispanics. But there's a whole crowd out there that wants to discriminate against LGBTQ people. Thanks for having me back, Tom, and uh, such an important uh, topic. In the oral arguments before the Supreme Court uh, regarding Mississippi's uh, anti-abortion law and, and what was clearly, um, from the questioning, uh, a, a direction expressed by the court that is very dangerous, that they could uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, I mean, their questioning certainly showed that, Justice Sotomayor really was trying to hone in on what you're uh, focusing on, and she was really trying to hone in on it by saying that to the attorney general from Mississippi, don't you see that if we could so easily overturn precedent with regard to abortion, uh, we can do the same then with so many other rights that rely on the 14th Amendment, the equal clause uh, you know, the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. And he tried to argue that, no, this wasn't as, uh, this wasn't the same. Roe v. Wade was different. Uh, those other cases, such as Lawrence versus, um, you know, the Lawrence Kansas, case, which yeah. was uh, banning sodomy laws, Lawrence versus or, Kansas, Lawrence v. Texas, excuse me, yeah. Lawrence v. Yeah, Lawrence v. Texas, uh, Obergefell, the marriage equality ruling, um, that those cases drew clear rules. You can't ban uh, intimate relationships. You can't ban marriage. Um, in the case of Griswold, you can't ban contraception. Uh, and that this was different. And first off, that was ludicrous because uh, he, he also went on to say that none of them have produced negative consequences. Well, He's from a state, Mississippi, that has passed laws directly in response to Obergefell saying that marriage equality has produced negative consequences, that children are going to be raised in these terrible environments, perverted, quote unquote, you know, indoctrinated into homosexuality. Uh, bakers and florists have to serve these people. So they have said that marriage has produced negative consequences. And that was part of his answer to her. And, and she just wasn't having it. And um, she said, you are talking about 
issues that we have discussed for uh, years, but you're basically saying none of this was in the Constitution, like abortion, you know, was not in the Constitution. Well, neither was marriage equality. We interpret the Constitution. And he just hemmed and hawed, and she made the point that he was uh, dissimilating in this case uh, by saying that ruling on uh, abortion wouldn't have an effect on those other issues. And I I think she's absolutely right. Justice Amy Coney Barrett tried to help him out, but we know she's not a defender of marriage equality and, in fact, was put on that court by the very people who are um, opposed to marriage equality and is a conservative um, Christian uh, who is, you know, very much uh, in line with the idea that there should be um, states making these decisions, not a federal law right. that states should decide on marriage. And, and and it's not like there's not already a large foot in the door or camel's nose under the tent to, uh, or you know whatever uh, tired cliche you want to use. Gorsuch actually footnoted his dissent with the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, that was a case in which a baker was seeking to be excluded from serving a gay couple uh, simply because they were seeking a wedding cake for their wedding. Now, and he, and he cited religion never, as his basis yes, for this. Yes, and that couple had never uh, even uh, asked for a specific design. They were right. turned away simply because they said they wanted a wedding cake. So it wasn't even an issue of free expression or we want you to put this on the cake or that on the cake. As soon as they said they were gay, they were out. And, uh, you know, the Supreme Court hunted on that case, but they left it open. And we can see where they're going with carving out religious exemptions on marriage equality and other issues. So it looks to me, uh, we're talking with Michelangelo Cinerelli, uh, the uh, journalist commentator, host of the Michelangelo Cinerelli show on Sirius XM Progress 127, right here on Sirius XM, right after me, actually. Um, and, and Michelangelo also has a great newsletter. By the way, uh, I, I'm, I subscribe to your newsletter, but I, I don't recall oh, the you. URL. How, do, how does somebody, if, if they want to subscribe to your newsletter, how do they find it? Uh, it's seniorelli.substack.com, S-I-G-N-O-R-I-L-E.substack.com, the Seniorelli Report. And I actually wrote all about those arguments uh, in, in the uh, Supreme Court case on um, the Mississippi uh, abortion law. Right, which is the, the thing that caused me to say to Sean, hey, we've got to get him on the program and talk about this. This guy's doing his homework. So, uh, so Michelangelo, let's engage in a little thought experiment here. Um, if the court were to pick up a couple of more conservatives, which would be not inconceivable if in 2024 you get a, uh, a Republican president. And that three judge, uh, three justice uh, minority who thinks that religious rights should over, over, you know, should trump everything um, becomes a, you know, a six uh, or a five, a five person majority. How different might America be? I I can see, you know, uh, immediately rolling back gay marriage. I can see rolling back abortion rights. Um, I'm wondering if they could go after free speech rights based on religious grounds. Um, You know, I'm wondering if they could go after privacy rights on religious grounds. I mean, privacy rights is part of the basis of Roe v. Wade, for example. Um, how much of a dystopia might we be on the on the threshold of? I, I shudder to think because right now, with this five justice um, 
majority of, of very conservative uh, justices. And obviously, Justice Roberts, it's all relative. He is a conservative, so it is six. Uh, but as you pointed out about the um, mandates uh, based on religion, uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh at least did not see a religious exemption there, uh, and at least are slightly inclined not to allow religious exemptions everywhere. But I don't think that's going to happen with these other major issues. Uh, I think on marriage, they're already going to move there. So you can only imagine if there were two more justices, uh, we'd see a radical realignment of this country, much more uh, aligned with theocracies around the world that of every that are. And so, I, you know, I, I remember in the in the in the fifties and sixties, they would go after people for having communist literature, right, or being members of a communist organization. Um, uh, now, that wasn't religion, obviously, but what if they started identifying liberalism as satanic, and suddenly it's my religion? To, I, I don't know where we could go with this, but it, it's it's a it's a fascinating thought experiment. And, uh, it, it troubles me tremendously. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Michelangelo's program on SiriusXM, you've got to check it out. Um, and Thank you, Tom. Yeah, great talking with you, Michelangelo. And check Absolutely. out his... Uh, Thank you for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. And check out his uh, his newsletter over at signorelli.substack.com. Michelangelo, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you. Always great talking with you, my friend. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Picking up your calls after this. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You know, I mentioned before Elizabeth Warren is calling for stacking the court. And I completely agree with her. I mean, she's, or packing the court, I guess is the phrase from the 1930s. In other words, expanding the court. Let's expand the court to 15 people. 
Also, term limits as a possibility. That would probably get rid of Clarence Thomas and maybe Sam Alito. These are like, you know, reasonable, practical suggestions that I'm suspecting eventually will be put into place. I mean, we've got a court of nine people that we have had since 1860, it must be 1868 or 69, whatever the year was that Andrew Johnson left the White House, that was the year that they took the court up to, up to where it is now, up to nine people. And Ulysses S. Grant oversaw that process as he came into the White House. But at that time, the population of the United States was not 340 million people as it is today, or 330 and change. At that time, the population of the United States was probably closer to 100 million people, if that. I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but you know, we've had massive population growth since the 1800s, since the, uh, since, excuse me, since 1900, in the last 121 years. You know, in 1800, the entire population of the world was 1 billion people. In 1930, 1930 was the year we got our second billion, and that's worldwide. So, you know, we've got a court that really was designed for the 1860s. And they can't take enough cases and they can't do enough work and they're they're almost entirely limiting themselves to judicial review cases rather than, you know, court of final appeals, which was their main job. It's it's the only job that's defined for them in the Constitution. Again, it's in Article 3, Section 2. So Warren is saying, okay, let's bring the court up to date. I'm all in favor of that. But I just want to be on the record as saying, and I, you know, I did it in my opening rant, but I want to say it again in, in a slightly different way. I think the best PR strategy for raising issues about the Supreme Court, the best way to get Americans cranked up about the Supreme Court, the best way to highlight the abuses that are happening right now by the Supreme Court, the fact that they're allowing this Texas court stripping law. By the way, that, this is why John Roberts was so upset by the Texas vigilante law. It's the latest wrinkle in court stripping. It doesn't quote Article 3, Section 2. It it simply says, you know, we're not going to have government enforce the law. We're going to have vigilantes enforce the law. The Supreme Court has no authority over vigilantes. They can only control governments. And guess what? That law is still in effect. Thanks to five right-wing crazies on the U.S. Supreme Court. So I'm saying it's time to take away their power or at least try to as a way of forcing the conversation. And I think that's what we need to do. And I, I know I congratulate Elizabeth Warren and, and others in, in Congress. I know Sheldon Whitehouse and others have been speaking about this for some time. And I think it's marvelous what they're doing and what they're saying. I think it's really important. But I think the Democrats need to set off a firecracker here. They, they need to uh, you know, uh, to, to use Rachel's phrase, a fistful of bottle rockets. They need to do something to get people's attention. And passing a law that says money in politics is no longer allowed in America. The billionaires who own the Republican Party and the individual industries who own too many Democrats, you know, big pharma owning Kirsten Cinema, the fossil fuel industry owning Joe Manchin, we're not going to have that anymore. We're going to take money out of politics like Jerry Ford did in the 70s after Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew were both busted for taking bribes. We're going to take money out of politics. And Supreme Court, you're the one who put it there with Citizens United in 2010. We're going to take it out. And if you don't like it, tough. 
We have that authority in the Constitution. It says Congress can prescribe exceptions to what the Supreme Court can rule on. It's right there in the Constitution, Article 3, Section 2. Look it up. And guess who was one of the most outspoken proponents, advocates of this, back in 1983? John Roberts, when he worked for Ronald Reagan in the White House. Again, the, the entire thing, all, all these quotes from Roberts, the whole thing is, is over at HartmanReport.com. And to, it's at the very top of today's report. And you can read it and share it with your friends. I, you know, I, it, it, we need something dramatic. As I said, it probably won't succeed. Although the court stripping provisions in the Patriot Act are still there, there are still court stripping provisions in current laws that have not been struck down. So maybe it could happen. But even if it doesn't happen, and I'm, I'm assuming it won't, passing the law, or at least trying to pass the law, will flip out the right-wing conservatives across the nation. They will go nuts. And that publicity will draw attention to how corrupt the Supreme Court has become, A, and perhaps more importantly, how in their Citizens United decision, the Supreme Court completely corrupted our politics. You got Thomas Edsel out there going, oh my God, look at this, our democracy is failing. And he goes through a whole bunch of different examples of how it's failing. But he never points out why. It's failing because our politicians have been bought off. They've been bought off by right-wing crank billionaires, and they've been bought off by industry. And we need to put a stop to it. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. So good on Elizabeth Warren, and let's go just a little bit farther. Bruce in Petaluma, California. Hey, Bruce, what's on your mind today? Because the Supreme Court seems to be inhabited by dishonest people promoted there by the Republicans, that we need more people in the Supreme Court that are honorable and respect our country more. And I was wondering what it takes to get President Biden to add more members to our Supreme Court. It takes public opinion. There's this old story, uh, and I think it was Bernie Sanders who first shared this with me. It must have been at least 15, 20 years ago, so uh, I, I don't know where it began. But the idea that politicians don't lead parades, with very few exceptions, politicians don't start movements. What politicians do is they stand back and they wait for movements to form organically. And when a movement gets big enough, when a parade gets big enough, a politician will jump in front of it, hoist their flag and say, this is my parade. And that's what we've got to do is we've got to get the parade going. We've got to get enough people out there, to, uh, you know, talking about these issues that, uh, you know, that the president will, will take notice. And I think the Supreme Court is a huge issue. And, and oh, it's, it, 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 it requires uh, more people of honor. We, we have some people there that have been proven to be, um, you know, liars and rapists, actually, you know, who's had women testify against him and he gets put on the supreme court yeah and they won't refuse themselves yeah, two of them actually from, both both yeah, thomas and and uh and uh beer bong uh buddy beer bong biff yeah, his, yeah. His beer slugging guy yeah. yeah and um so these guys are on the court because the republicans view the supreme court as a goal 
if they can inhabit the the Supreme Court, they can run through a lot of bad situations. Oh, and let's be very clear, Bruce. The reason why Republicans wanted all these people on the Supreme Court um, was so that they could reduce regulations on corporations and 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 make it harder for employees to sue corporations and make it harder for employees to unionize this was all about the money but they needed a parade and so they they created this abortion parade because they knew that there were a lot of americans out there who who were anti-abortion and they thought okay we'll get these guys to help us get our guys on the court they will get on the court with a wink and a nod about abortion but really their job there is to gut workers' rights, is to gut civil rights, is to, you know, is to create a permanent governing structure for the GOP, is to continue to allow billionaires and big corporations to own politicians. That's what this is really all about. And that's why it's so critical right. that Joe Biden do something about it, that he expand the well, court. Can he just, yeah, can he just appoint to? He can't. He can't do work? anything without Congress. It, it, this is Article, Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution also is, you know, the Congress controls the Supreme Court, not just what they can rule on, but also what their budget is, how often they meet, what, you know, how, how many members there are on the court, where they meet. All that stuff is, is done by Congress, and Congress needs to assert that authority. And, and of course, the, the, the stuff coming out of Biden's commission would be handed to Congress. Bruce, I got to run, but thank you for the call. Joe in Pittsburgh. Hey, Joe, what's up? I think the, the Democrats have really dropped the ball on the court system in general from the lower courts all the way up agreed we really do we we really really do need to expand the supreme court to 15 at least yep to avoid having mitch mcconnell to try to steal more seats from us as well as the crisis when when ruth bader ginsburg passed um i mean literally they from what i'm watching with this court they all lied in to congress about their agendas "Quote unquote," as, mm-hmm. as Barrett said, and they are they are they are routinely stripping Americans of their democracy and their rights, and we just can't have that. Or democracy. Dies. I, I agree, Joe, and I think that if the Democrats were start to, to to start to propose court stripping legislation, that that while it, it almost certainly won't pass, or if it does, it probably wouldn't pass constitutional muster. Muster. It will begin the conversation. It will stir the public outrage. I think it's more. I think of it more as a PR strategy than a legal strategy, but I think and, and that might lead to the expansion of the court where there's no conflict, no no debate. Everybody acknowledges Congress has the power to do that. And welcome back. Picking up your call, Sandra in Cornville, Maine. Hey, Sandra, what's on your mind today? As far as abortion goes, tell me, why is it always a female? issue and how can we make men more responsible well because little babies don't grow inside men they grow inside women yeah but the, where does it start oh yeah no I'm, we I'm, I'm with you Sandra. maybe we shouldn't have sex with anybody any man that's against abortion <laughs> yeah <laughs> well those are girl, wouldn't it yeah those are personal <laughs> decisions but there is precedent in history i mean there was a there was a women's strike back in the in the greek era three thousand years ago that's, that's you know part of the history um, I, I do think, though, that we could or perhaps should start um, if, if we're going to if 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 let me let me start at the beginning here with this. If the Supreme Court is going to say that they're of the opinion that life starts 
you know, much earlier than the law recognizes right now, which is viability. That, that it, you know, you have human life prior to that. Then maybe we should adjust our child support laws so that husbands or fathers or, you know, uh, not necessarily husbands, but, you know, fathers would begin paying child support or would be fully responsible at the moment of conception. Maybe, maybe there are other changes that we need to make, but, you know, you raise an interesting question. Thank you very much for the call, Sandra. Jack in Minneapolis. Hey, Jack, what's up? Tom, for 245 years since we declared that all men are created equal, we know that all men were not created equal in the minds of our founding fathers. But particularly, I want to mention the fact that women have been, uh, the intellectual ability of women to contribute in the judicial uh, part of our the government, they've been discounted for the whole, most of the 245 years. It took 205 years till there was one woman on the Supreme Court. It actually took about 100 years so women were even allowed to practice law in our country. Mm-hmm. So I say that Biden should, in a, in a real folksy fireside chat, immediately recommend three women to the Supreme Court so that they're the same number of women as men. And uh, the Republicans have already set the precedent that we don't need a filibuster for that. They've also set the precedent that they can cheat. Uh, in the last five years, they've cheated to pack the court. So the word pack shouldn't come into it. Biden should just say, we want to make the Supreme Court reflect, proportionally reflect the population of the country. Yeah. So we don't mention enlarging the court. We don't mention the word packing. We just talk about uh leveling the playing field so that women have equal representation on the on that yeah. court and all the federal benches for that matter uh, you know jack i uh, philosophically i'm with you uh, and and you know we'll see how it plays up but i am guessing that we haven't heard the last about you know changing the nature of the supreme court and i think your point on and thank you for the call and i think your point on the filibuster is a huge one and one that uh, i had Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
the way car buying should be. Uh, last night I had intended to uh, put at the top of the show today and then and then uh, uh, things just, you know, this January 6th stuff just kind of blew up in all our faces. And um, But today, perhaps as I'm speaking, the Senate is voting on a piece of legislation that specifically has written into it an exemption to the filibuster so that Democrats can vote to raise the debt ceiling and Republicans don't have to dirty their hands with it. So they drilled a hole in the filibuster for that particular piece of legislation. And my friend Joe Madison is starving himself right now for voting rights, saying, hey, drill a hole in the filibuster for voting rights. And you got Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, raising the debt ceiling is important. Voting rights, not so much. So you might want to reach out to them at 202-224-3121, the phone number for the switchboard for Congress, and let them know that you think that voting rights are at least as important as raising the damn debt ceiling. Jerry in Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, Jerry, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. Hey, I wanted to say that I think the right way to um, bring up the Supreme Court is that you should rebalance the Supreme Court to better reflect the opinions and hopes of the future of all Americans in the country, or well, most of them, majority of Americans, nearly 70 to 80% actually agree on the democratic platform or what we're trying to do to move the country forward. Right. And just one more thing I wanna say real quickly is, I think the perfect spokesman for, the spokesperson that they really the Democrats need to put out to the blue collar, white collar, pretty much everyone, and who can put the Republican party and the treasonous group that they really are in place and where they should be is Tim Ryan of Ohio. That man speaks strong, powerful messages and very few sentences he gets the point across yeah. better than almost anyone else in all the Democrats. Yeah, Tim is running for the United States Senate from Ohio and he has gone from right. being, um, I, you know, I, I, uh, Tim and I both spoke at a Marianne Williamson event a couple of years ago in Los Angeles and, and, and spent the evening together, had dinner together. It was really nice. And he's a, he's a really good and decent guy. He's a meditator. He's been meditating his whole life. Uh, and he promotes meditation. Uh, but he was also, you know, part of the, uh, the kind of moderate caucus in the House. I forget which one he was a member of. Might have been problem solvers. But he has really shifted to, toward being a progressive uh, because he wants to be Sherrod Brown's colleague. And Sherrod Brown has been a progressive. And, uh, you know, in all probability, he's going to be taking on Josh Mandel, who you know, Ellen Ratner's cousin. Uh, she refers to him as crazy, crazy cousin Josh. So, oh, gosh. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I like Tim Ryan. I, I have a lot of respect for him. And I, I and, and I agree with you. I think we need to talk about rebalancing the court or unpacking the court, too, as it was the suggestion from yesterday. Jerry, thank you. Excellent. Kusai in Campo, California. Hey, Kusai, what's up? I want to point out about the Supreme Court saying money is free speech, mm -hmm. how the, the, the contrary to that would be also withholding money is not free speech. The best example I could give you is all these uh, laws that are being passed by some states against DDS, which means you can it's against the law to uh, withhold your money and, and purchase or contract with the state of Israel. Uh, it's illegal. And, it's and against the, the law to even advocate that in some states. Yeah. If, I, if, so I, if, my, if my understanding of these is correct, I, I, I may be wrong. I'm no expert on BDS, but that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah that's correct. And so the point is that a little at the time, you, you can spend money to have free speech, but you cannot withhold money as free speech. 
Right. And the best, another small example I'll give you is there is municipalities in the United States where uh, if you live within the municipality, you cannot, it's illegal for you not to have an account with the power and electric company. You cannot light candles in your house and live without power. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Kusai, thanks for the call. Rich in Cedro Woolley, Washington. Hey, Rich, what's up? Hey, Tom. Uh, given the huge backlog in our judicial system, I think the best place to start would be to expand the district courts from 9 to 15. And that would uh, and then uh, also expand the court below that. And then traditionally, each district is overseen by a justice of the Supreme Court. That would therefore justify 15 justices on the Supreme Court. It would also give you a chance to uh, break up some of the highly politicized district courts, like, what is it, the 5th down in Texas? Oh, yeah. Split them up and then... The 5th is from Texas to Florida. It's the whole South, basically. Yeah. And that would also open up, like an accordion, open up top to bottom judicial positions for Biden to fill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right, Rich. And, and, and it's not just the Supreme Court that's in crisis right now. It's the entire federal judiciary and, and, and many state judiciaries, too. But that's a whole nother topic. Bruce in Chicago. Hey, Bruce, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Thank you for being uh, the, the, the voice of reason. We're trying. Uh, I, I, I tried to give a quick explanation, but I'm going to try and do it with you to your uh, to your screener. Um, I want to make uh, February 14th uh, unofficial National Anti-Journalism Day. That was the day that WTVT Tampa went to court to, uh, actually it was an appeals court because they lost in the lower court, to Wilson and Aker, who were the reporters who refused to... Steve Wilson and Jane Aker, yeah. This was the, the, the Monsanto RGBH case. I didn't know if it was Monsanto or ConAgra, but yeah, it was Monsanto. They, refused, they refused to do this. And now, if, if anybody ever listens to Fox News, because this is a, a TV channel, this is not a cable channel. Right. This is a regular FCC-controlled, and of course it was Bush in his administration in 2003, and they didn't do anything about it. And the way they won on appeal was that they, uh, uh, the corporate lawyers said that it was their right under the First Amendment for freedom of speech, to lie. Yeah, just for, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Bruce, let me just set this up a little bit. Um, back in the day, this is in 2002 or 2003, um, Jane Aker and uh, Steve, uh, what was his last name, Wilson? Wilson. Yeah, Steve Wilson, um, were two reporters for a TV station owned by Fox. And yep. they went out, and, and, and this was down in Florida, and one of the things that was becoming very contentious was this recombinant bo- uh, uh, bo- bovine growth hormone, RGBH. And it was a, a, a synthetically made hormone that made cows gain weight. And the concern was that it was making its way into the milk, the milk was making its way into little kids or everybody else, and that this stuff might cause people to grow in ways un, you know, unusual to how they should or even cause cancer cells to grow. Nobody really knew for, sure, for certain. But there was a lot of troubling evidence that this wasn't a good thing to have in our food supply. And they did, the, they did a report on this, and the, and the TV station said, no, redo it and change this or that. They redid it over 20 times, and to the point where it went from a, uh-oh, look out, 
to an advertisement for Monsanto, essentially. And at that point, Jane and Steve said, screw, in fact, they've been on this program discussing this. This was over a decade ago. I had them on this show about it. And, um, and they said, uh, you know, we're going to pull a story. We refuse to stand behind this story any longer. And they got fired. And so they sued for unlawful dismissal, for inappropriate termination, and they won a half million dollar settlement in, in the lower court where a jury, a jury of six peers, you know, a peer, uh, six of their peers, found Fox guilty of, of illegally terminating their employment because they refused to lie on the air. Fox then appealed this to the appeals court and the appeals court said no. Under the First Amendment, uh, the Fox television station has an absolute right to lie to its viewers. And Jane and Steve are still terminated, and they don't get their half million bucks. And that's where that's where it ended. And uh, yeah, so back anybody to you, who anybody who listens to Fox News and, and and they talk to me about it, I tell them that uh, February fourteenth, two thousand three, is the unofficial anti journalism day. Yeah. Well, you know, Fox when when uh, I don't recall who it was, but somebody tried suing Tucker Carlson, as I recall, and Fox's defense in court was, uh, you know, we we don't have to offer actual facts or news. And, and in fact, people don't expect that when they come to Fox. They're looking he's for opinion. Cable. They're looking for red meat. So, he's yeah. on cable. This yeah. is WTVT Tampa is a regular station right. uh, that has a license with the FCC. They're yeah. supposed to provide public... Uh, oh, I know, but that was not the issue. Well, the issue was I an know. illegal termination. I've been wondering about, um, because the Supreme Court seems to be inhabited by um, dishonest people, that have been promoting, uh, promoted there by the Republicans, that we need more people in the Supreme Court that are honorable and respect um, our country more. And I was wondering what it takes to get uh, President Biden to add more uh, members to our Supreme Court. It takes public opinion. Uh, you know, th th there's this old story, uh, and I think it was Bernie Sanders who first shared this with me. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it must have been at least 15, 20 years ago, so uh, I, I don't know where it began. But, uh, you know, but the idea that politicians don't lead parades, politicians, uh, with very few exceptions, politicians don't start movements. What politicians do is they stand back and they wait for movements to form organically. And when a movement gets big enough, when a parade gets big enough, a politician will jump in front of it, hoist their flag and say, this is my parade. And that's what we've got to do is we've got to get the parade going. We've got to get enough people out there, to, uh, you know, talking about these issues that, uh, you know, that the president will, will take notice. And I think the Supreme Court is a huge issue. And, and oh, it's, it, 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 it requires uh, more people of honor. We, we have some people there that have been proven to be, um, you know, liars and rapists, actually, you know, who's had women testify against him and he gets put on the supreme court yeah and they won't refuse themselves yeah, two of them actually both both yeah, thomas and them. and exactly. uh and uh beer bong uh buddy beer bong biff yeah, his, yeah. His beer slugging guy yeah. yeah and um so these guys are on the court because the republicans view the supreme court as a goal if they can inhabit the the supreme court they can run through a lot of bad situations. Oh, and let's be very clear, Bruce. The reason why Republicans wanted all these people on the Supreme Court um, was so that they could de reduce regulations on corporations and, and, and make it harder for employees to sue corporations and make it harder for employees to unionize. This was all about the money.
but right. they needed a parade. And so they, they created this abortion parade because they knew that there were a lot of Americans out there who, who were anti-abortion. And they thought, okay, we'll get these guys to help us get our guys on the court. They will. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get on the court with a wink and a nod about abortion, but really their job there is to gut workers' rights, is to gut civil rights, is to, you know, is to create a permanent governing structure for the GOP, is to continue to allow billionaires and big corporations to own politicians. That's what this is really all about. And that's why it's so critical right. that Joe Biden do something about it, that he expand the well, court. Can he just, yeah, can he just appoint to? He can't. He can't do work? anything without Congress. It, it, this is Article Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution also, is, you know, the Congress controls the Supreme Court, not just what they can rule on, but also what their budget is, how often they meet, what, you know, how, how many members there are on the court, where they meet. All that stuff is, is done by Congress. And Congress needs to assert that authority. And, and of course, the, the, the stuff coming out of Biden's commission would be handed to Congress. Bruce, I got to run, but thank you for the call. Maureen in St. Louis. Hey, Maureen, what's on your mind? You were asking about cinema and where she probably gets her ideas from. Yeah. And I know this might sound like gossip, but it's not gossip. Anyways, okay, we'll start with Megan McCain, who is from, you know, John McCain's daughter, mm -hmm. who is from Arizona. And um, she is married to Ben Dominique. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Who is a co-founder of the Federalist newspaper. I was just reading about him. Uh -huh. And he has a daily blog, and he also puts out a daily newsletter to conservative insiders. Right. So anyways, when Meghan McCain was getting ready to leave The View, the show, uh -huh. Uh -huh. She had Kristen Cinema on as a guest, and I happened to catch that show. Oh, really? And they were talking about what best friends they are and how they talk every day for a couple hours. Really? And I thought, yes. And I thought, well, Kristen Cinema does not seem like the brightest person, and she's right. probably very um. What's the word I want? You know, somebody can, you know. I think she's wily. I'm, I don't think she's, like, intellectually super smart, but I think that she has street smarts. I, yeah, I'm lacking right. a word, you know, some kind of social smarts that are, because you don't get to be a U.S. senator by being a complete idiot, you know, with the exception of Ron Johnson, of course. Right. But it was just, it's just something that, yeah, Ron Johnson, <laughs> yeah, somehow that happened. Yeah. But, but I just worry if, okay, so now Megan left the view. I'm not even quite sure what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But it worries me that if they do speak every day, like, and even when Megan was on the view, I all, and she was working from home during COVID, I always just pictured her husband there feeding her all this information because she would just make everyone mad. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I was on like a, thing on Facebook with viewers and everyone was just so mad at her and I always thought I think it's her husband that just feeds this to her so now I worry how much could be I mean let's not cinema let, let, you know it may just be that it's a it's a symbiosis between the two of them I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the kind of little lady notion of the 
the wife following the husband. Um, no, I'm not. I, I actually get a lot from my wife. I, I, in this case, the husband follows the wife as much as the other way around. Um, but yeah, but Megan would just say things. It was just. It just never seemed like it was from her heart. She was yeah. always very angry, like trying to make her point across. I just thought she didn't have it, and she was really getting these ideas from her husband. And it worries me that what is cinema telling him, Dominique? You know what I mean? What, yeah, yeah. Are they talking every day? And it scares me that it's very dangerous that she could be giving him a lot of inside well, information. Well, she, she is quoting a lot of right-wing talking points, and particularly this one about, you know, if you blow up the filibuster now, you're going to regret it later. That's that's the Republicans' favorite mantra right and now. And you know what? She was saying that on the show that day. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Maureen, thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Joel in Joliet, Illinois. Hey, Joel, what's up? People, the GOP eats red meat. The Democrats nibble on pasture grasses. It's not in our DNA to be aggressive and to basically get a fire up our ass. It's, it's not in our DNA to do that. But we need to because we're going to get spanked really hard. Yeah. There's something about the authoritarian personality, and, and we should probably get John Dean back on about this if, if he's ever available. There's something about the authoritarian personality that also binds folks like that to violence. You know, authoritarianism and violence almost always seem to go hand in hand. And I know that there have been there's been speculation throughout the years that has to do with being spanked as a child or being you know physically beaten as a child. Um, I, I, I think it's I think there's also a temperament issue. Um, but but generally speaking, I, I think it's an interesting analysis, Joel, that, you know, Republicans are OK with violence. Democrats would rather just, you know, we all get along. Uh, George Lakoff, uh, you know, the, 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 the linguist and professor at University of California at Berkeley, says that uh, we have different worldviews, that the conservative worldview is that society is and should be uh, organized under the strict father model of the family, that uh, we all view politics as family. But it's the strict father, and so you need a father or an authority figure who tells you what is right, what is wrong, and enforces that. Whereas the Democrats are the nurturing family model, which is where everybody in the family bears some responsibility for the whole family, and no one person completely dominates it, and 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 people collaborate on making things better. And I think it's pretty it's a pretty accurate analysis. I don't know why individuals fall into one of those two categories, but I do think this whole idea of the authoritarian personality as a, a type of temperament, maybe even people being born that way as much as being you know, raised that way is important. But Joel, thanks a lot. You, you, you raise a lot of, a lot of thought-provoking points there. Shay in Minneapolis. Hey, Shay, what's up? Hi, this might seem like a small thing, but I think it makes a big difference. I want to take issue with peop- with uh, depicting court changes as packing the court, which uh, uh, because the messaging is really important, and we're not packing the court. What we're doing is de-packing the court. Unpacking, so if we could, yeah. 
unpacking, if we could get that little prefix added, I think it would make a big difference as far as being able to communicate with the American people, We, which messaging is so important. And when we saw the reaction that it had from defund the police, people without even understanding what was meant right. rejected the idea. So I just wanted to suggest that. And also Brilliant. just... Just for a second to say, uh, as far as diabetes being a cho- you know a choice, we want to remember that we have a food industry that has 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 studied how to addict people to sugar and other substances, and it's not particularly a, a choice. It's been inflicted on the American people. Amen. Sugar, fat, and uh, and salt. And yeah, exactly. you're, you're absolutely right, Shay. Shay, thank you. Uh, thank you. And I love that. I, I will. Uh, sometimes it takes time for me to change my language, but I'll start talking about unpacking the court instead of packing the court. Uh, it's brilliant. Thank you. Carl in Ocala, Florida. Hey, Carl, what's on your mind today? Did you not write something about the, one of your hidden histories is the Supreme Court? Yeah, the hidden history of the Supreme Court and the betrayal of America is the title of the book. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, um, lucky or unlucky enough to have a representative named Webster who represents my district. I've communicated with his office three times. I've been trying to reach the commission, I'm told, that Biden had formed to present to him to study and present to him some recommendations for reforming SCOTUS. I don't think they're even uh, still together, Carl. They they met, they issued a report, they handed it over to the White House, and I believe they disbanded. Yeah, that yes, and I was because of that. I wrote to the chair of the judiciary, the senator, Senate Judiciary Committee, and and suggested in a letter uh, a recommendation that would effectively increase the Supreme Court by four. And it would be done through legislative nominations, not through presidential nominations. And we would always keep the balance of nine for the president and four for the Congress and so on and so forth. Hmm. Uh, I just wondered, since you wrote that book, how do you feel about what, what is your opinion about increasing and, and kind of maybe balancing out uh, and maybe a mechanism created where we continue not to do presidential nominations, but that Congress should have some say, in at least a certain number of the uh, justices. Let me think about that, Carl. I'm, I, I'm not opposed to it reflexively. It would require a, an amendment to the Constitution, so it's unlikely to happen. Um, you know, the president appointing Supreme Court justices is, is in the Constitution, so we're kind of stuck with that for the moment. I am troubled by, in particular, the behavior of the Trump administration. You had Mitch McConnell take, a, you know, one of those Supreme Court justices, Gorsuch, should have been Merrick Garland, should have been Barack Obama's appointment. And then yeah. there's uh, some evidence to suggest that Donald Trump th- threatened or blackmailed uh, Anthony Kennedy, who is still young and robust and, and you know, going about living his life, uh, around yeah. the fact that his son, Justin Kennedy, was the head of the branch at Deutsche Bank that loaned Donald Trump over a billion dollars, perhaps criminally, and therefore, Kennedy stepped down so that Trump got to put a second person on the court, that being Brett, you know, Biff Beerbong Kavanaugh. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, yeah. when Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, died, uh, he, he replaced her on the court uh, before her body was even in the ground. I mean, you know, this is uh, typically when somebody dies in the last month or two of an administration, it does roll yeah. over to the next administration. It's happened at least twice in the history of the United States that I'm aware of. Yeah. And uh, it certainly didn't it happen this time. The last 
it happened in the last month or so of his presidency. Yeah, my point. Uh, which was denied by Moscow Mitch uh, to Barack for the whole year. He had yep. a year left to go. Yep. Yep. And so and so I think that uh, if for no other reason than that, the court has been packed in the in the last five years by by that administration and, and by the Republican cronies, um, unpacking the court by adding four four new justices to it is not an unreasonable thing or imposing term limits that would at least bounce off Clarence Thomas and maybe Sam Alito. There's a variety of solutions. Congress just challenging the authority of the court head on which I think is the thing that John Roberts fears the most because it's what he recommended to the Reagan administration back in 1983 and when he worked for the Reagan administration. So right, right. Uh, you know, I, I see a whole bunch of problems here and, and, and some possible solutions. I think expanding the court is number one, term limits is number two. There are some solutions and, and you're right, I did write a book about that, but that, that's where I would begin. been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.